Cam. Right. Episode uh, 116 of Under the Bar podcast coming mm. up very, Under very the shortly. Bar program. This is just a little disclaimer before we, we start the pro. We don't want to taint our guest today with... Uh, the coronavirus. <laughs> we don't want to touch on the coronavirus. No. Wash your hands. In fact, let's go buy all the toilet paper. All the rice, all the all flour, the rice, all the flour. sugar, all the pasta. It's and all gone. I'm going to come and barricade your door. I'm going to weld it shut. So today, uh, <laughs> at the start of this episode, we are going to be promoting Broderick Chavez, the evil genius, mm. coming down to Sydney. And as part of that promotion, we're going to unpack the rundown of what he's going to cover in the day. And as part of doing that, we're going to be talking about uh, performance-enhancing drugs that are illegal in many parts blah, of the blah, world. Blah, 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 not listening. Blah, 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 blah. Legal in some parts of the world mm-hmm. and not an under-the-bar recommendation or anything. We're presenting the evil genius mm. and we're like a uh, wheelhouse. We're like a, a vehicle, like a, uh, what is it, like a, a vector in space and time. We're just like a... A TARDIS? No, like a um, Stargate. Yeah. We're just opening it and uh, it's all coming through. So we're yeah. like the Stargate. If so. we hold our arms like this, like an arch. Mm. So be, be warned. Um, anything else you'd like to add to that disclaimer, uh, mate? Well, we're going to reference bodybuilding and um, and powerlifting. You know, we're not suggesting that all powerlifters and bodybuilders do this type of stuff. It's, again, in a, an environment where it is, uh, I guess, okay. You know, which if there is those such environments that exist. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just take it with a, with a, it is just info based and it is purely, these are topics that I get asked about all the time. Just everyone seems to be interested, but no one talks about it. So it's purely, this is what it's all about. These are the types of things that are, exist in this world. It might not be your world, but it might be something that you find interesting. And it never hurts to, uh, well, actually it probably does hurt to arm yourself with a bit of information because then you go and take things head on. But mm-hmm. but all jokes aside, it's um, purely, yeah, just information based stuff and it's, uh if, you, if you're interested, you'll find it really fascinating. All right, let's fire up the Millennium Noggin and let's blast ourselves in the hyperspace. Yeah, there's uh, some things we need to talk about. Absolutely. After... We the talk problem. about the things we have to talk about. Mm-mm-mm. People think this intro is too long. Not long enough. recognize the intro is a mm. little self-indulgent and it goes for you know a minute and a half and it's and really it's too long to be utilized for a podcast in this mm. scenario but it's not so much about you guys for mm. this one little thing mm. it's about us <laughs> we need a certain amount of jizzler behind the scenes yeah. to get us in the mood to, to make this yeah. what, what it is some jizzler from at, the quigglies exactly and at the moment it's a very long self-indulgent intro that makes us think like we're in a spaceship so it, 
just allow just, us that one yeah. little guilty, guilty pleasure. Mm, mm, chuck it at reception. And the other thing is, that they, you forget, Tom, less intro, less outro, that's more of actually quality. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I reckon we get more stings, more little segments <laughs> like jingles and things, and then actually really have not much content at all. Yeah. And that's what you guys should actually be thanking us for. Yeah, there could be more of that. Exactly. We leave it to our very, very good guests. And we have uh, someone really juicy that we've had on the... On, we kept him on ice, didn't we? Yeah, look, we recorded we this thawed one him out. <laughs> at the, the end of uh, like 2000. Solo thing, you know? We're just going to thaw him out. Yeah, this was the end of uh, 2019. Mm. Um, that seems like so long ago. One of the most enjoyable conversations, Rod, and I really enjoyed this chat. It's with mm. Mark Otobre mm. from... Enter- uh, is it Otobre or Otobre? Or Otobre. Otobre. I don't know. The key question that we didn't ask. We didn't. We didn't. Look, you're all, I'm sure, would be aware of Mark now. Obviously, Enterprise Fitness down mm. in Melbourne. Reese Adams is the white wildebeest or something they call him. Reese, hey, Reese, how you doing? Liam down there and a lot of others that have been through the doors. What we did in this conversation, Broaden, was we, you know, we thought we'd have a look at the keep that PT business thing mm-hmm. going a little mm-hmm. bit. And, and mm-hmm. But we actually had a very good chat, not just about his Wolfpack system mm. and, and what's involved from a business perspective there, but nutrition particularly we got some really good uh, insight into his overarching philosophy with nutrition and yeah look it's all about eating good wholesome whole foods and that sort of stuff but he had a good concept of context over content and, mm. and dealing with the individual and where they're at in their life rather than just handing them a bit of paper with a with a well put together meal plan yeah yeah and uh, it was no surprise that he was uh good to go and his uh, his dulcet tones he was uh, I think the dials were tweaked from Cam's end he, he did present himself very well but remember he uh, if you recall back in the day the Maximus Mark podcast so way 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 he was yeah. podcasting before we were podcasting he was and we're the original <laughs> we're the original gangsters yeah we're the OG yeah. but uh, yeah he, he's uh, well versed I think he's got the wolf den these days uh, I, he did lure me tempt me to go on it um, when I'm in Melbourne for Arnold's in a couple of weeks. Mm. And he's obviously doing something big at Arnold's as well that we'll touch on in a second. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool, really good. Long time yeah. coming, like you said. Yeah, so uh, we'll be with Mark Tobre very, very shortly. Mm-hmm. Look forward to that. Now, Rodden, we've got to um, we got to pump this live stream that you and I yep. are doing with Broderick Chavez, the evil genius. B. Chavez, yep. Tuesday the Tuesday. 17th Not of Monday. March. Tuesday the couple 17th of, of March. Uh, you can go to events.teamevilgsp.com to get tickets to that. Or message either of us. You could, ha- well, not you. You won't check social media, but yeah. you could message me on uh, Insta or Facebook. Now, what we're going through for the day, we've actually this got juicy. A, this. We've got a really nice rundown for the day. So nice we're going to start flow. with cellular biology. Mm. Brods always likes to set the stage with that, but Big we're going to do stuff. something. Different than he's done before. We're going to focus in on the architecture of the cell membrane. Uh-huh. And we're looking at key receptor interactions with insulin, uh-huh. growth hormone, androgen receptors, and GLUT4 translocation. Ooh. So, I mean, they're the key ones that we, we want for sports performance. Uh-huh. After that, we're going to go into the general adaptation syndrome, gas. Yep. the gas. Hans. And the the key takeaway we want there is Brods is going to draw his suntan analogy. Yep. You know, the alarm phase is the time in the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the resistance phase is, is the suntan Tan. that develops. And the uh, exhaustion phase is when you've spent too much time in the, yep. time in the sun and you're very burnt. Yep. And he's going to relate that to time in the sun being your reps and sets. Mm-hmm. 
the resistance phase being your genetic capability to cope with the amount of work mm. that you're doing and obviously the butter zone the butter zone you don't mm. want to overdo it and fall into exhaustion and and he will draw the point that with uh, selective pharmacology and mm. pharmacopoeia yes. you can expand that uh, butter zone mm. So that's the key takeaway there. We then move into a brief overview of the history of anabolic really steroids, yep. which is very interesting, but won't take too long. We then go into the family tree. Mm. If you didn't listen to the last episodes with Brods, he does a good breakdown of the anabolic steroid or anabolic androgenic steroid family tree yes. uh, it's a great visual representation of where these compounds fit in context in relation to what they actually do yep. and then we've got a brand new evil genius concept that hasn't actually mm. i saw i got this sort of little scribble in his notebook yep. and, and yep. we've We've picked this one out. It's called the anabolic triangle. Oh. And it's a nice... So not the Bermuda triangle. This is a little <laughs> different. No, and it's like an inverse pyramid with um, a, a great, simple visual representation okay. of how a how to put together a dosing cycle. Hypothetically, of course. Yes, mm. in terms of uh, order of priorities. Okay. After that, we do a quick look at pathology yep. and set that's the stage relevant. there. And, and that's very relevant. And we were talking about this before the show, Rodan, and... You gave, I think, which is going to be a very useful point for the day. These are the markers that the GP is actually going to red flag and go, mm-hmm, that's yep. not so good. Yep. Let's send you the, the liver enzymes are up. Let's uh, get an ultrasound of that bad boy, see what's yeah. going on. Yeah, like uh, you should be seeing certain things move up and down. And um, I guess like it, they're in, you know, in the, a normal environment, it's probably not good. And uh, you do want to do other... The doctor will always do what they do, so that's yeah. um, reassuring. We're not trying to play God, and uh, although we are qualified doctors. And gods. And gods, yes. There's three of us now, you, me, and the big fella upstairs. Yeah. So, um, But yeah, there will be certain things, so we'll, t- we'll touch on all that as well. Once we've done that, we then go into our case studies. Case studies, yep. Case so study got- number one will be a powerlifter. Mm-hmm. It'll be a male. So that's like what you're... You're like a powerlifter. You yeah, love the powerlifting yeah, community. Yeah, yeah, I'm a bodybuilder as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. a power builder. Power, um, <laughs> bodylifter. So we start say. with a powerlifter center of a weight class, and okay. Brods is going to map out a 52 week periodization for both paths that he can walk down a weight class, up a weight class. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. I think that's quite a common scenario as well. I often hear that. Do they? you know go up a weight class or do they drop so they can be the strongest in the in the you know and try and beat you know people that are smaller you know really squeeze in i remember uh, uh george Shelpis? georgie you know he, yeah. he, he he did that and he was crazy strong in prep and then he cut very so aggressive much cut. Re- yeah. very aggressive. and then on the day he it was he just couldn't match the performance that he'd done uh, so that might have been one that he didn't quite get right but yeah it's a really interesting topic and i think that's well and truly part of the world of powerlifting and this is where the the family tree will come in handy yep. because the two different paths that he takes are mm. shopping from different columns of the tree to a certain hypothetically degree. of course yeah, and this hypothetically. Is assuming they're not part of ipf or powerlifting australia <laughs> yeah. of course uh, yeah but yeah exactly so exactly. that'll be that case study uh the second case study we might talk about this one a little bit we've got a unpack it a minute or so we're, we're looking at a beginner bodybuilder and mm. an advanced bodybuilder mm. Once again, 52 weeks of periodization. And again, this is for obviously like in the UK somewhere, it's, it's you know, personal use is allowed. Hypothetically. Okay. And we're breaking 52 weeks down into mesocycles. Mesosoups, yep. that That will cover the on and the off. 
so to speak. So we have a 12-week block, a six-week block, a 12-week block, a six-week block, and then a final 16-week block. And that final 16 weeks of the year is when the competition prep proper will start. And then that block is broken down into a 14-week and a two-week peak at the end. Okay, so, so I mean, to get your and Brods' spin on that in itself is... Mm. worth it yep 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 that's gonna be really really cool what excites you about that process mate well uh broads had some really cool uh for the beginner and the advanced uh, we're going to cover both ends of the spectrum there like you mentioned so for beginners it's a it's sort of like a they'll have different training uh so it's not just about the pharmacopoeia side of things although that is obviously vastly different between the two in regards to what they actually um may use again hypothetically but also the training like uh broads has a really interesting perspective and it makes perfect sense when we talk about it but like a beginner um you know less experienced has less strength so they start with the strength block that first 12 weeks from a training perspective and you know, nutrition and pharmacopoeia will be uh, focused on strength. So they get strength. So when they push into a hypertrophy block before they go into that final 16 weeks into the show, they have more strength, more strength when they are doing volume should equal more hypertrophy. So I thought that was wonderful. And then the the advanced uh, athlete getting ready for a, a competition, they're already strong. So they don't necessarily want to do a strength phase because now due to being so strong there's a lot more strain on uh, remember 52 weeks we've got to make it to the finish line so they would go into hypertrophy blocks uh, straight away so just little things outside of of the obvious just the training side of things and then nutrition as well i thought that was really good and then you know things like uh in the the offs what happens then you know is that mm. a time to resensitize to certain things do we do we look at uh, you know joint issues do we do some preventative type things so yeah he's going to unpack all that as well but uh just see it and he's going to have the whiteboard he'll do various points and he's going to mark in a perfect world where where blood work will be done and and, and less perfect and and bare minimum so yeah it'll be re- lots of visual representations as well which mm. i think you really resonate really well with you and with me it's like oh that's what he means the triangle like that makes perfect sense but yeah. we'll actually map it out you can see the distinct blocks and we'll unpack each of those and um, what's involved so really really cool once we've done those two awesome case studies Rawdon we're going to finish the day with problem solving oh, well not really problems Pro- but potential so issues this is this concept that we alluded to last week when we were talking to Broads mm. is using or I guess off-label usage of pharmaceuticals to either offset or augment mm. the side effects of using performance enhancing drugs mm. and, and and just the process of getting ready for the shows like um, exacerbated body weights for example could be a problem or, or sleep was one of the things that we mentioned and uh, I'm pretty sure everyone listening will be like yeah sleep that's always really bad and women are inherently more so seem to be affected uh, by sleep and uh, I spoke to men about this and yeah females really seem to get beat up when they're calorie restricted in the final stages of prep so sleep I remember like Brod's just biohacking uh, I think it was a just over the counter cough syrup I think it was like Benadryl or uh, don't quote me on that, but Benadryl with antihistamine in it, which makes you nice and sleepy. So he said, Nick, uh, have a, have a 10, 10, I don't know what it was, but he'll go through this stuff, but have a little nip of Benadryl pre-bed and, uh, you know, next minute you're uh, getting a good night's sleep. So little things like that are, are worth their weight in gold. Again, over-the-counter off-label uses not that we recommend this type of stuff it is very specific cases that mm. we would talk about this but it just gives you options and and i guess a, a really interesting awareness of the things that that does go on out there and that's fundamentally we've got to remember this is purely just 
the topic of com- conversation. It's just for educational content only and a, a very hypothetical and, uh, you know, make of it what you will. There'll be lots of disclaimers before we start. Uh, we'll be wrapped in disclaimers. <laughs> Some of the things were, and I think this is relevant to actually rattle a few of these mm, off. Mm, mm. Uh, so you mentioned sleep, yep. joint pain, yep. uh, general fatigue, general fatigue, uh, blood pressure, yeah. uh, psychology, like mm. the actual psychological impact and how to manage that yeah. and, and understand the baggage that comes along with some of the choices that you're making. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a simple thing would be uh, one of the things that I remember Roderick talking about was uh, the use of a, a micro dose of Valium just to give you a good night's sleep pre-stage. You know, that is inherently a, a, a poor night's sleep uh, for most because they're just nervous mm. and, and, and nervous excitement. Yep. Um, but that can uh, just give you that slight edge so you do get a good night's sleep. And um, obviously it's very specific cases that you use. Most people are fine. But in those scenarios, the, these are the types of things that you consider. And mm. Uh, it's surprising how many people is like, oh, have you ever thought, yeah, I got Valium at home. No problem. Yeah, we'll take a quarter of a time. It's like, oh, okay. So, um, the acne. Yeah, acne. Hair so loss. Hair loss. All these things. That the, there, are, there are different uh, protocols and things that you can look at, definitely. So, yeah. pretty much, um, like the list that, that Brods and I came up with, pretty much anything that could crop up in a physique preparation and or this is applicable for the, the powerlifter as well, making up or down a weight class, um, you know, just anything that comes up, we're going to talk mm. to Brods. And the funny thing with Brods is he always, 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 always has, well, yeah, you could use this, this or this. You know, there's always lots of, you know, it's almost like pick a, pick a, choose a part, choose a how effectively you want to manage it mm. and then less effective and then bare minimum. So he'll give you options. There seems to be that scenario with pretty much everything we're going to do on the day. It's going to be, well, this is your best case scenario. Yeah. This is second and this is obviously bare minimum. So we're going to do that type of uh unpacking of everything on the day as well yeah it, he's it's so funny the way his brain works Rodan. he he's just thinking about this and, 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 so and deeply this, all the time and, and you know don't i i think it's relevant to clarify this is not necessarily you know under the bar is pro using everything under the sun and it's it's case by case basis and it's um if it's appropriate then you know take it on board but you know uh one of the things that that i spoke to broads about i heard someone was going to take a shot of adrenaline before they you know uh, in a uh, a powerlifting competition before they did the final lift of the day mm. and um i don't think it actually happened uh but i it was like rumored that, that someone was going to take a hit of adrenaline run out and, and pull this lift and i went my god wow and then uh broad said yeah yeah look it uh, yeah, it works. I uh, I put a, a shot of adrenaline into my into my jugular, and uh, yeah, I tell you, you pretty much feel like everything's on fire, and you 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 know you can move a ton when that when that kicks in. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? Uh, this guy's just done absolutely yeah. everything and anything. Uh, so that's the other thing that I guess Broad brings to the table. He's eat, lived, and breathed this uh, biohacking of everything uh, yeah. known to mankind for many many years. So. Should be really, really interesting Should for those that uh, do find this stuff fascinating. So, so it's a live stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can buy tickets to the live stream and log yep. on and watch it. It's four hours. Or you can come to, if you're in Sydney, you can come to the live audience. Mm-hmm. I have been informed, Rawdon, that the live stream will have a, a chat option. So, so about ask questions. So those who are tuned into the live stream can send questions through awesome. as we go. Okay. Uh, so it should be a really interesting yeah. uh, concept. And, and yeah. I guess, you know, my role in all of this will be just to get the rundown organized, keep to the time so that this thing actually works. Unfolds the yeah. way it should and yeah. uh, all the topics get covered. On Definitely. A live broadcast. So very exciting. So events.teamevilgsp.com mm. for the ticketing options 
for the live stream or live attendance. Yeah, and we will preface that now Mark was not strategically put on this episode or this promo. It doesn't mean that he condones this uh, this live stream or the, the seminar we're doing in any way, shape, no, or form. No, no, yes, yes, a, yes, yes. Just letting you guys know this what's coming up for us. has nothing to do with, uh, with Mark at all. But although he is involved in an event down in yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, he we'll, is. He let's, is. Let's mention that. So he's mention doing that. The, uh, the Strength Summit in Melbourne where he is basically the moderator. So he's going to yep. intro all the the greats. Uh, Eddie Eddie Hall's going to be there. Eddie Cohen, Jordan Shallow. There's Andrew Locke. He's one of the oh, yep. the, 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 the I think yeah, one of the smartest dudes with uh, you know rehab prehab in the industry, and he certainly looks like he's a strong mofo as We've well. Got to get him on. Actually, he's on the list. Yeah, yep. definitely. But Eddie the Beast Hall as well. So that's going to be uh, absolutely awesome. To uh, if you are there at the Arnold's to take part in that, but but Mark's involved with that too, mm. which uh, big gig for him. Yeah, oh, he'll do a great job at that. Dotting yeah. eyes, crossing t's, uh, yeah. doing research on everyone. Uh, yeah, last time yeah. I spoke to him. So. Yeah, yeah, he'll do a great job of doing that. Uh, as I'm sure you'll uh, you'll take away from this chat with yeah. Mark. Now he um, represented himself and his brand and the business down there, and really, all the really cocaine well. and hookers that we uh, <laughs> covered. Yeah, yeah, and the silver Rolls Royce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go to Mark Atobre. Fuck every time. Here we are under the bar podcast. Rawdon, really looking forward to this. Now, we've have had good feedback around mm. our uh, interviews with Clint Hill regarding PT business. And we yes. thought, well, who else in the industry can we reach out to and, and further explore the depths of building a successful business and becoming a successful human being? And, yeah, um, I think this guy personifies becoming a successful human being. And look, look, let's be honest. Who else can we leverage off to get a little, few more listeners in the industry? <laughs> yeah. And we thought, this guy's got a bit of a following. So why don't we... We're foolish not to have tapped into this resource previously. So apologies uh, to who we have on the line. But uh, who have we got today? We have Mark Atobri. Uh, now, was that pronounced correctly? Uh, was that good, Mark? Atobris. That, that was, that was uh, perfect. Atobroski. Founder, Enterprise Fitness down Founder. there in Richmond, Victoria. Head of the Wolf Pack. Mm. Aggressive. That's menacing. Absolutely. Menacing. But it is, uh, is exciting to have him on the podcast, Mark. Thank you for your time. Thank you, gentlemen. It's an absolute pleasure to be on uh, the podcast with both of you. And uh, yeah, look forward to having some fun. Absolutely. Where are we, uh, we going to start, Tommy? Like, I think uh, for our listeners that don't know... Um, they've probably been living under a rock because I think everyone in the industry is. Uh, you might even remember Maximus Mark. That was the original health and fitness podcast was back the in the original. day. Yeah. 2011. Do you, you want to give the, a quick uh, overview of uh, uh, you know what's what's happened to end up where you are today at uh, killing it down there in uh, Richmond, Victoria Enterprise? Sure, I'll try and make it brief. Yeah. I started in when was it? 2006. I was. I became first became a PT. And then, you know, basically tried a bunch of different things from the Alpha Body, which was my, in 2007, my online mentoring program. Uh, so I had a crack at business then, wrote a bunch of ebooks, started yeah. doing seminars, uh, wrote for some muscle mags, taught at the AIF. What else? And then, and then uh, actually, I reviewed a book, uh, Muscle Smoke and Mirrors yep. by Randy Roach. And uh, I sent it to him and he said, you know, this is the nicest thing. Uh, if you need anything, let me know. And I said, you know, I'd love to interview you. So I did. And um, then I realized that I had this amazing interview, and that's how I got into podcasting. So, cool. uh, yeah, that was my, my baptism by fire, so to speak. And then, you know, uh, flash forward, uh, you know, being quite a successful comp prep coach, successful yep. strength coach, and now opening Enterprise Fitness. We opened 2013, 
and now we've got 20 well, we've got 20 on staff 12 coaches uh we've uh, launched Wolfpack in 2016 um that's a mentorship program for trainers and just basically help them with everything from business training nutrition and really help them develop as as you said before humans yeah. uh, help them develop personally professionally so you know, as I said to you off, offline before, saying um, one of the philosophies I have with Wolfpack is, you know, you can't polish a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> and I think with, with business, what happens a lot of the time is people, they go into it and they, they want to learn sales, they want to learn marketing, they want to learn Facebook ads. But the truth is they're just a shit trainer. And um, I mean, that might, uh, you know, rub some people the wrong way. But that's why I, in Wolfpack, I've got a very heavy emphasis on teaching folks how to train, how to screen, how to do nutrition, how to do supplementation, you know, how to take skin folds correctly, how to do the whole thing. And, and as I say to them, uh, when, we, when we do, because we've got in August, we've got a nutrition course coming up. So, you know, this nutrition course is actually a business course because if you do the nutrition right, uh, you'll get referral, referral customers, mm-hmm. they'll take care of your marketing, you'll get mm-hmm. those you know, before and afters, you get the testimonials, get people singing your praise, you get people who want to talk about your service and, and what better way to do business um, you know, than, than, to, have, than to, to be able to actually delight your customers. And I think you know, enterprise is basically for me the, the, the marriage of super sophisticated and high-end training and coaching nutrition with highly polished business systems, sales, marketing, it's both, and that's why for me, I, I have my, I suppose, feet in both camps, or, or, mm. or you know, keep both the camps, and I'm an avid learner of of both the training, nutrition, supplementation, and you know, do that to the highest level, and then the business, marketing, all of that, and and, and really blending the two, so we can really d- delight our customers on on every on every front. It's it's interesting, Tommy. Um, that I mean, I was aware of this concept of Wolfpack and you basically come in one end, pop out the other end as a you know, far more successful coach in the industry, but I wasn't sure where the emphasis lay. But it's interesting that um, to hear you say that there's still a massive influence on just being a good coach, you know, getting all the basics right, mm. you know, cueing properly, technique. And, you know, when I do see the, because uh, I know a few coaches, obviously, like Tommy said uh, off air, that have gone down to do the Wolfpack, Wolfpack, you know, there's still a heavy training component. So I think you, every day you're training. Is that part of the Wolfpack or, or, or a lot of it? Yeah, or, or different? So, so we've got uh, basically we, there's a lot of components to Wolfpack. So from the like one of the, the things I love doing is the face-to-face courses. So we run four of them a year. Um, and it works out to be about 50%. Or one course of the four is, is just nutrition. The other course is just training. And then the other two are business. And then we do a mastermind at the end of each each course, which is basically just you know open forum, ask me anything you like. And we, we brainstorm and, and kind of give you your, your 90-day plan and make sure that you follow through and act. Um, so that's how that works. But, you know, as I said, like you can't – because the thing is one of the myths I would say in PT is – the, the low-end session or, or let's say, for example, online training is, is a big, big thing and it's always been a big thing in group training. And I think that really gets mm. born out of the idea of, you know, if it's cheaper, people will come or I can have a business that can be, you know, run from anywhere in the world. But the, but the truth is it's, it's much harder to delight a customer online than it is face-to-face. And yep. then if you look mm. at the um, uh, profit margins, let's say, for example, on, on an online versus a face-to-face and if you're wanting to you know let's say you're charging say 150 dollars a week uh, online and i mean that's that's the high end right someone mm. um 150 most people would be charging maybe 50 maybe 50 online um per week 
So that's kind of like your general uh, mid. But, you know, if you've got a face-to-face client and you want to be charging, you know, you could be charging 150 to 200 for face-to-face and yep. they're training with you, let's say, three four times a week. You know, that's essentially 800 bucks a week that you could be getting from one customer if they're training, let's say, $200 a session four times a week or even, let's say, 150 which is very, very reasonable to do, yep. um, 150 even at three times a week. That's 450 bucks. Mm. So, you know, if people are wanting to get um, – people working for them, which is often what I, I work with a lot of trainers who want to start leveraging and, and start leading teams, you know, most of the time, they're just not charging enough. Um, mm. So one of the things I look at is what what is the margin? Because, you know, to, to be able to pay, and I pay my guys very good money, um, you know, it, to be able to pay and get good staff and attract a good team, you need to pay them well. So Absolutely. there has to be there has to be a margin, you know, um, so your prices have to be high. So I think uh, that's probably one of, one of the biggest things. And, and, and the reason why I come back to that point in business, because if you can't have high prices, uh, then it's, it's all going to like you can't really scale um, and you can't really grow the team. And then how do you get high prices that people keep paying for? Well, you've got to be good at what you do. Mm-hmm. And if you're not good at what you do, people aren't going to pay for it. So why would I why would someone in their right mind pay one hundred and fifty dollars an hour for a shit service? The answer is they wouldn't, you know, mm-hmm. although they might be fooled by sales and marketing, but your attention is just not going to be there. So you have to have, and that, that's again why I put so much emphasis and focus on training and nutrition because mm-hmm. um, I, don't, I don't just want to teach someone how to get a customer. I want to teach someone how to keep a customer. And that's really the game. You know, a lot of people put focus on how do I get a new customer? But, you know, it's, it's what is it, 11 times or whatever it is more expensive to get a new customer yeah. than just keep your old one. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're, we're, we aim for an 80% retention rate uh, at Enterprise and I think that really says something. And, and, and you know, we, we, we're usually either a couple of points above that or a couple of points under that, you know. Yep. Usually we, we allow for like 1% under that, um, you know, before we really start digging in deep to the trainers who, who, are, who are responsible, mm-hmm. uh, if that makes sense. But mm-hmm. we, we, we really go, uh, we really want to delight our customers on, on every front. Absolutely, crack the whip uh, accordingly if needed. But I, I gather your team down there is pretty, uh, pretty good at the moment, man. There wouldn't be too much uh, whip cracking. I know you run a pretty no, tight really. ship. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all fantastic. They every, really are. every time I pop yeah. in there, it's always a, a hive of activity, buzzing activity, sessions everywhere, tempos being counted, you know, good nice. technique everywhere, and everyone high fiving. And like it was once upon a time for us, at somewhere that thou shall not be named, way, way, way back in the day. <laughs> Uh, before we sort of unpack our wolf pack and um, go a little sideways, backwards, forwards, wherever we're going to go with this uh, conversation today, why don't we get your? Because you've there's a few things you emphasise nutrition, training. Yes. There's some some business there. Like you want to give us your your key fundamentals of uh, maybe they've evolved over time, but at this point in time for you, because this is what you do with the wolf pack, you basically make great coaches uh, or better coaches. Great coaches better, and bad coaches good. Um, what are your key philosophies of, of what really makes a, a PT or a coach stand out uh, fr- from the crowd of uh, you know fitness first or wherever they are? Lots of coaches buzzing away in in there doing what they do. What what are your list of the key fundamentals to make you a, a great coach? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think uh, you know ability to take on new ideas, and ability to learn. Um, and I mean, I, I say that also with the caution of what I do see a lot of the time is coaches go to course after course and they kind of forget about what they learned in the original course and yeah. how they've adapted these new ideas that don't actually work um, just because that's the flavor of the month of what mm-hmm. everyone else is doing. So, 
you know, what, what makes a, a good coach? I think, uh, you know, one of the biggest problems I see with coaches is compliancy. And, and one of the things, and when I say compliance is, is getting clients to comply. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, like, you know, when I was on the tools coaching hardcore, I was getting you know, phenomenal results for, for all my clients. And compliancy just didn't really seem like that much of an issue. And I've had uh, people who've trained with me and then, you know, I stopped coaching and they went to train with high-level coaches, other high-level coaches. And they said, you know, there's something just different about your coaching. And I spoke to a friend and they basically said, you know, people, people want to work hard for you. And I thought about that as a concept in terms of what, what makes a great coach. And I, I really think like you need to be a person who – someone would aspire for or, or aspire mm. to, to be. And, and mm. you know, you, your natural, your presence is someone who you want to work hard for. You don't want to be lazy. So, you know, I'm, I've never been the coach that we like, yell at you or, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. But yet people will walk through fire for me. Mm. Why? Because, you know, the, one of the things I do is I connect them to their goal and I make it clear as to why they're there. They're not there for me. They're there to achieve something and I'm there just simply to guide them. And I think, you know, if, if you and your own personal life are striving for more, you know, I'm a student of Can I, which is constant, never-ending improvement. And I think when people have a conversation with me, they get that. It's like this guy has yeah. achieved in life. Um, you know, I've got the PIC level five, which is fantastic. But, you know, there's still always more. And this was when I was a successful comp prep coach. And, I, you know, to tell my clients about my goals. And I think that fed them to to want more and I think this is a consequence like if you look at the Wolfpack a lot of my students I've got students who've been in the program now for four years like since I started which uh, blows me away even to say and I've got a bunch of students who who continue on um, after a full year and I think uh, guess where I'm going with this what makes a good 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 trainer is someone who is committed to constant and never-ending improvement Mm. not just in, in the realm of their physique but in the realm of them as a person and I think that uh the saying that I'd kind of cap it on is um you know, who you, who you are speaks so loud, what you say cannot be heard. And I, I think um, as a coach, as a trainer, there's, there's a lot to that because you can be successful following different approaches, but what yeah. at the end of the day ultimately inspires people to be better. And I think really that's the conduit, which is the, uh, conduit, which is the, the coach. Mm. Absolutely. I think that's Agree a great that. point uh, Mark made there. And I, and I think... You know, from the outside looking in, I mean, I for our listeners, I always make the, oh, there we go. That's my next point going to be made. <laughs> that was me just sort of uh, <laughs> hand gesture. But I always, um, you know, pay the respect of popping into Enterprise and because Mark is that one of those guys in the industry that I, th- I really do think that you're always pushing forward and always evolving as a coach and, and setting the bar high. And I think, you know, truth be told, Tommy, it's important, you know, to... Okay, you mentioned it's not just physical, but I think as we're in the health and fitness industry, you know... We should actually lead by example, and we're teaching people 100%. how to how to look uh, look healthy, look strong, be fit and active. And I, and I think that's something. I think you did a photo shoot just you know in the last twelve months. You were at the snow, and you looking like Wolverine. You had uh, you know you were conditioned, not you know, almost comp ready. Uh, it, you know it, it really is good to see yeah, at the top of the food chain. You know someone that is actually eating, living, breathing, what they're actually telling mm. their staff to do, mm-hmm. but also what they're trying to do with all their, their clientele and athletes that they have through the door doing, uh, you know, be it transformations or just general day-to-day health and improving how, the, how they are as a person. So uh, that's certainly notable from the outside looking in, mate, and yes. uh, credit where credit's due there. 
Yeah, well, I got some advice on that. If you ever want to do a, a photo shoot in the snow, don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking stupid. Well, it looks it looks pretty horrible. cool. Horrible, yeah, yeah, horrible. I can imagine. There's no, there's no pump. You know, you, you get a pump, you walk out. It is unbelievably cold. Well, unbelievably I dare, I dare say there'd be some shrinkage there, as in parts that maybe uh, you'd want oh. not shrinkage uh, behind the camera. But you know, mm. Photoshop afterwards yeah. is fine. Very good. Mark, um, there's a lot of things I'd like to, that we can un- unpack, but in terms of constant and never-ending improvement and yep. how to develop yourself as a person and some of the business stuff, but you've mentioned nutrition a couple of times, and I gather systemizing an approach to teaching nutrition, you'd have to sort of think about your philosophy that underlies that in, in a fair amount of detail. So can we just briefly touch on your the approach, the fundamentals from your yeah. perspective on nutrition? So- so, so um, I'm a big believer of, firstly, context versus content. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, is context is all about the client. And, and what I see too much in personal training land and nutrition land is people focus way too much on content. So the content could be, you know, go keto or if it fits your macros or it's all about hormones or it's all about calories. And I think yeah. really at the end of the day, all that is just, it's just content. It's sound advice. And, and what, I, what I say to my my staff and students and, and everyone is that you know coaches don't pay you to be an oh, sorry clients don't pay coaches to be information dispensers yeah. so you will always be a second rate information dispenser because you have podcasts like yours like mine like google like the several hundred other podcasts on there mm. where you've got people who are just talking about one topic at a high level so mm. you know i, I can talk and, and sell my argument but in the day is the client actually going to do what I'm telling them to. So I think a lot of nutrition uh, or nutrition coaching needs to be comparative. And what I mean by comparative is what is the client currently doing? Um, so this is the context. What, what are they currently doing? Where do they want to go? And then I'm going to apply my content, uh, whatever that may be, uh, mm-hmm. over to that. So I mean, look, I, I am a believer of uh, wholesome natural foods or, or hunted fish gathered and plucked as, as a starting point for clients. Um, yep. But then, you know, really, it's, it's working with wholesome, good foods and then coaching them on their behaviors. And kind of the way I work with it, if I'm doing one-on-one, which, which does take, like the way I do it, it does take a lot more skill and tack. Like you've got to understand about uh, more about people. And that's kind of the road I always go through, um, which is like, what are their behaviors? What are their skills and skill sets? What are their beliefs and values? What's their identity? And if possible, has this person figured out their purpose in life? And then I'm going to go at the, the bottom level is the environment of what actually they need to do. If I've, if I've taken care of, let's say, um, like someone struggled with fat loss for a long time uh, and I can take care and or help them coach them through an identity shift, then everything's going to trickle down, meaning mm. that they're not going to make uh, – well, they're not going to make a lot less bad food choices because they're not eating foods to support an identity which they no longer have. So let's say, for example, they might say something like, I am the fat person or they believe as an identity that they're the fat person in life. Well, if that's their fundamental belief, I can give them a diet, right? And it can be a perfect diet, but the chances of them actually following it are slim and none. So what I'm going to do work with that person is, is uh, coach them through like uh, helping them identify what is any subconscious blockages that they might have and then start talking to them like a champion who can actually succeed and then give them more, I suppose, um, general guidelines to, to begin with and coach them very slowly compared to like if I've got a high level competitor and it's like, you know, I've got to be ready on 
August the 18th for this show. Well, obviously, yeah. I'm not going to go down that track. I'm going to start. But again, I'm going to look at their food. I'm not going to make like the first stages of, of, of coaching for me is I, I actually shut up. You know, you've got two ears and, and one mouth. Mm. Um, I, I ask a lot of questions. I, I want to know that I want to see their food log or as I like to call it a self-reflection log. Um, because I don't want to associate just food with it. I want to associate how they feel and who and mm. ha- how they're going through their day. So that's the first thing I go through. And then, yeah, depending on what they're currently doing, depending on what's working, depending on what's not, then I'll start to make changes. But I'm always going to look at the highest quality foods possible. I'm not just a, you know, if it fits your macros guy or just eat eat whatever you want as long as it hits your calories. I am very meticulous with what types of food they're getting, and if we are gonna, you know, uh, set it up with macros, which which usually we are, um, we, we're gonna make sure those macros are high quality foods because ultimately they want to look and feel great. And also for me, I want to support an identity shift that is of someone who naturally makes the best choices for themselves, rather than you know I can just get away get away with it because mm. ultimately people aren't seeing me because they just want to be okay. People are seeing me because they want to be optimal. They want to be the best versions of them. So you could eat Pop-Tarts in the morning, but let's face it, that's not going to lead to the best version of you. What's going to lead to the best version of you is eating wholesome natural foods uh, that grow from from earth or, or at least um, in part. So, Yep. Absolutely. Some uh, mm. refreshing to hear that, uh, Mark. It sounds like um, you know it's sort of tailored, which – it's very strange, tailored to the individual, which is probably what should we should be doing as PTs and coaches. And it's and it's um, you know softly, softly at first, if if uh, if that's what the the environment needs, context, or if it's someone that no, Mark, I need to get ready by this date. Game on. It's again, you'll still look at what they're doing to influence what you do, but it'll be far more uh, specific and uh, for for that individual because they have to get uh, there's a deadline for it. I, I, mean, mm. I love that. It's great. Mm. I think um, over time, I think, uh, Rawdon, you and I have discussed this before. Mm. One of our, um, you know, a goal of mine with clients is to get them to a point where they can actually auto-regulate yeah. the, way they, the way they live and eat and their, their approach to nutrition. Mark, you mentioned there changing someone's identity and delving into the, the depths of the subconscious. Do you have, are you like working on techniques beyond just what's on the, the plate in front of them to, to unlock that and to change identity with, a, with an individual? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it, oh, look, it does depend on who's sitting in front of me um, because some people are more open and receptive to it than others. But mm. even still, like, I'll, I'll say things to people that will get them thinking regardless on whether they're going to acknowledge it or not. But, you know, one of the mantras I, I teach, if I, I do sense, and it's all about people's language. So if people start using words like, I have to do this, I must do this, I should do this, it, it basically language of negation. So you've got should or to, uh, could, uh, hope to uh, compared to I choose to love to want to desire to so if they're if they're making it out of negation or classic one that you'll see with people is I'm missing out on um, I always bring it up to what are you missing out on what what are you comparing this to why do you need to do that who said you should do that why should you do that that's not really coming from you is it so getting them to, to acknowledge the fact that there's probably an imposed belief value that's coming from somewhere so say for example oh you know I really should be eating chicken and rice well, who says you should be eating chicken and rice? Oh, you know, that's just what they say to do. No, I'm not sure. And I always you know, play dumb. I'm not sure. Who, who, who's they? Tell me who they is. Oh, you know, uh, my boyfriend. Okay, so you're doing this for your boyfriend. Oh, no. 
really because uh, you just said it was you know and basically calling people out on it so yeah. what like where is this where is this coming from is this coming from you like who said you should be doing this number one so finding out from that but in terms of like a mantra and i always like to teach this as an overarching belief uh, identity is i am a healthy person who eats healthy foods that build and nourish my body um so that is an affirmation, that is an identity, as an identity switch or an identity shift. When people say get off comp and they want to have a, you know, quote unquote diet break um, and they say, what should I eat? I say, well, I'm not going to tell you what to eat. What I'm going to get you to do is write down on this piece of paper, I am a healthy person who eats healthy foods that build and nourish my body. They write it down. I say, right, well, it, with that frame, with that belief of that about you, if, if that belief was true about yourself, and let's just pretend it is at the moment, that is true about you, because that way, even if it's not true, they can at least pretend that it's true. I want you to tell me what foods you should be eating right now. Um, That's great. Which might sound like really it. simple, but it's actually very, very powerful because mm. the, the rule with coaching is if I say it, it's not true. You know, if I say that you're a champion, uh, you may or may not believe it. But if I can get you to say that you're a champion, if I can get you to say that you're a healthy person that eats healthy foods and, and eat, that builds and nourishes your body, and I can also get you to at least, even even though maybe you don't believe it right now, if I can just get you to pretend for just a moment, that's a gateway. That's enough because yeah. you can start actually working from that frame and you can start telling me what's actually good for your body and how you want to break it down. And, you know, and if the person turns around and says, I'll eat Kellogg's cornflakes. All right, well, maybe that's not the best choice. Um, what else? What else could you be eating? So maybe there's some education points that we need to go through, which at Absolutely. that point, if they've done a comp or something, they probably already know this. Yeah. But at the, at, the, at the end of the day, they're now taking ownership and responsibility. And I always say, like, nutrition is a do-with process. It's not a do-to process. And, and what I mean by that exactly is the myth in nutrition is that people want to come in and they want to see a coach and they want to get their macros or their plan. They just want the, you know, give me a meal plan is often what people, when they inquire, they ask for. And I always explain that I'm not going to just give you a meal plan. I'm going to have to teach you. And this is a do with process. So I'm going to do it with you. I'm not going to just do it to you. So I'm, I can't just give you the plan and just say, this is what you're going to follow for the rest of your life because you've tried that. And let's face it, it's never worked. You need to now take on some beliefs, identities uh, to help you actually get to that point where you now can auto-regulate, as, as you said before, Tommy. Mm. Yeah, I love that, Tom. And it sounds like... Um you know, if you get them, pin them down, arm behind the back, tell me you're a champion. I said, tell me you're a champion. Okay, I'm a champion. There we go. Good. Okay. Kick him on the butt and say, see you tomorrow. I like it. I like it. Very good. All right, Rodden, should we start uh, unpacking some of the PT business side yeah. of things and, yeah. and, and delve into that world? Because yeah. um, that, that is part of the reason that we've got uh, the man on the line. What do you want to go to, Tommy? I mean, there's various... we got his basic philosophies with uh, with nutrition. Obviously, that was a very, very, very brief overview there, mm. Mark. I appreciate that. Um, if we want to go down the sales side of things, like what do you want to... What are you thinking, Tommy? Well, let's have a look at the, at the actual Wolfpack structure, Mark. Outside of the training and nutrition side of things, what are the some of the core pillars that make yeah. up that program? And then maybe we can unpack a couple of those angles. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Tommy. Uh, great question. So uh, I, I use what's called uh, eight aspect wheel. So this is one of the first things I do. And, and you, it's funny you said, you know, about being better humans, because really people come into Wolfpack and they think it's just going to be training nutrition or they think it's just going to be sales and business. And then they walk mm. out and they go, you know, that, that changed my life. 
Mm. I didn't expect I was going to get that. Um, so there is a huge emphasis on personal development. And the reason being is because I believe personally that business is one of the best personal development tools that you'll ever come across if you really go at it hard and use it as such. Uh, and basically what I mean is that you know, the first time a client asks for a refund, um, it can be quite confronting, like, aren't I good enough? Why did this happen? Or you get a staff member who, let's say, um, is really great and then stabs you in the back. You need to confront that. And, and it, it brings up a lot of stuff. Or you want to grow to the next level. Or you want to delegate. You want to bring on a manager. And, and you're used to controlling everything. You've got to delegate that. You want to sell your service. You've got to stand up and say, yeah, I am fucking good enough. You want to get out and put ads together. That means that you need to now start understanding other people better than you understand yourself. Or understand and have empathy for people. And also see yourself as an authority. So I think there are so many aspects and layers of business that as a person you're going to, you know, if you really do work it, you, you're going to confront, you, you confront a lot of things um, on a personal level and you can grow exponentially from that. So understanding that about business and business growth, I, I bring in pretty much at the start of, of the year uh, and review it often, which is the eight aspect wheel. So I like to break up the, the, the life basically in eight different aspects and it's basically a physical manifestation and an intrinsic manifestation wheel. So the intrinsic things you can't actually touch. So it's like spiritual uh, learning, growth, love, connection, um, family life, these kind of things. And then on the other side, you've got the hardcore things, which is like health. You know, we can, we can quantify your health finances. We can quantify your finances, career. We can quantify these. So, um, and then also fun and adventure because, and, and these two wheels correlate to each other very, very, uh, closely because let's just say, for example, um, you know, you, you've spent all your money in the intrinsic wheel, which is, say, growth and learning, right? You, you're doing all these courses, um, you're learning lots, you're reading lots of books, and you're growing, but you have no fun and adventuring life. Mm. Then what usually breeds out of that is what's the point? What's the point of me doing this? What's the point of me studying so hard? I, I don't have any fulfillment in life. Um, I'm not going anywhere. Or let's say, you know, you put a lot of work in your career, but you've got no love and relationships. So both are extremes and, and you probably the answer is for most people somewhere in the middle that they're going to have, uh, you know, go after their career and make money. But at the same time, if they're just making money and they don't have anyone to share it with, it, it can be for some people a very lonely ride. And obviously it depends on the person of, of their variations in that. So um, as, as a philosophy, it is about developing people at, at its core. And I want to develop people on every level um, and, and make them more complete so yeah i mean it's it's looking at that that's the first thing but then it's it's developing i don't want to have any holes in, in the armor so to speak i started off you know in business no one taught me you know i didn't have anyone guiding me along the process so i just did a whole bunch of courses and, and learned every every step uh so to speak and, and from different mentors and, and that's kind of what i try and bring is my or do bring is is all those learnings that took me to open up enterprise and then packaging it up in a nice little package which is the training nutrition business marketing sales you know facebook ads google ads whatever it is like i've done it all i've had to do it all no one showed me this i had to learn it so mm -hmm. it's just basically passing that torch forward so i don't know if that answers the question but that's basically from a philosophical point of view it's to raise the standard of personal training worldwide so that personal i want to take back the word personal trainer People say to me all the time, why do you call yourself a personal trainer or you know, personal training as a term is, is dead? And I, I kind of feel differently about it. I feel like, no, it's just people have denigrated the name. I, I want personal trainer to be said with respect. Like, mm. oh, that's a personal trainer. Mm. Yes, that's what they do. Mm. Um, they get results. They change people's life. Rather than that's a personal trainer, they do group fitness classes. 
it, it's interesting uh, again to hear you say that because that resonates closely with we had Clint Hill we mentioned uh, before we went to air. Um, you know, from Hill Strength, he one of the things he emphasizes is whatever you do, you need to actually enjoy it. Which I think having those two wheels, you know, you fun and an adventure. You know, if you're not enjoying life, then it's sort of, you know, it's a bit lonely. What's it all about? So it sounds like you embrace that as well. Like you have to, you know, love what you do and have balance these two wheels sort of working synergistically with each other to be the best version of yourself. I think that's super relevant because we do get, you know, balls deep, so to speak, into uh, into just, you know, belting out sessions or whatever, whatever it is. And uh, sometimes we, we don't actually uh, get mm. to enjoy what's happening along the way, you know? So I think that's a really important thing there. And also that the, I think what Mark has referenced several times in this chat has been that, you know, personal trainers, yeah. your your business is essentially your identity. Like mm. who you bring into you, the session. You're basically selling a part of yourself. Like there is obviously the skill set, there's the, yep. the programming the and the nutrition. Yep. Yep. But, yep. but people want, People want you, and and it makes sense that business is a great tool for personal development, a, a marker of personal development. Because yep. in this industry, the more you can develop yourself as a human, the more you have to to offer, offer more yeah. value to the marketplace you can provide. And and I think also um, that's the difference between you know coaches or PTs that have had uh, clientele for ten plus years. I think well, it's more than your skill set. It's more than you know putting good programs together to have that sort of uh, commitment, long term commitment like that. And I think it is. Like where you're going with that is is you have far more depth as a as a PT or a coach. Like there's there's you know it's not just that uh, here's a good program, here's your nutrition. It's it's like Mark was saying, you know, you're you're almost uh, helping them with all aspects of their life. And uh, sometimes it's a sounding board, you know, they're venting or whatever on the weekend. Other times, you know, maybe a a bit of advice, but all the t- all the while uh, honing your uh, business by just being immersed in the session I think uh, mm. is the point Mark was making there that's awesome mate um, as we uh, so you know developing people as, as individuals and, and that's all great you've you just touched on a couple of some of the more tangible aspects of business Facebook marketing and, and all that kind of stuff and your beliefs around personal training I was having a chat with a client yesterday who's um, who runs a gym and some of the challenges that he's having with uh, Facebook marketing and, and it seems to be a shift in the industry in general moving away from sort of sensationalized marketing to something that he was referring to as more ethical marketing systems and and it seems like what you're referring to is a little bit more along those lines yeah um it's kind of funny in, 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 a, in a lot of ways because i know a lot of people who, who do mentoring programs and, and you know go to agencies and they've worked with uh you know personal trainers and basically they have almost the same uh, campaign that they roll out for for every business and everyone's mm. marketing ultimately looks the same and it is very heavily sensationalized and look I'll, I'll be frank I've tried to use agencies in the past and um, I, I have never succeeded with an a- agency and, and they've usually only lasted maybe a week maybe a month um, and then I've got rid of them but basically what now we do if you look at all of our quote-unquote ads it's all content. Um, we have basically, we, I, I believe, like video view campaigns on, on Facebook. Um, we, we use video view campaigns quite a bit. 
And, you know, we've, we've got the max amount of videos in our campaign that, that Facebook would allow. So we, we are always pruning and, and making new videos. And we, you know, we've got a full, full YouTube channel and we do videos, almost two videos a week, mm. as well as like a podcast, cooking show, all these kind of things. So yeah, very, very active, that. just making very, very usable content. And I absolutely believe. And it's a thing of attrition. People want to do like, I'm not going to say dead is direct response marketing, but it's a different day and age. Like it's not direct response marketing anymore it's building an audience and mm. when you build an audience like you build an audience through through multiple facets it's instagram it's youtube it's facebook it's google it's your email list um it, it's not one platform it's mm. multiple platforms that people are going to um, engage with your content so if you're just sending out a direct response message uh people are going to switch off because the, the likelihood is that they're not going to buy straight away you need to develop that uh, like trust um, authority in their mm. head and you know I think like podcasts for example is a great platform for that because you know people are going to invest an hour to listen to this conversation then they must really like your stuff so you know when when you you have a lot more meaningful connection with who you're going for and I think like say if you compare like Instagram for example it's a lot more fleeting um, so people will jump from you know post to post a, a lot faster and a lot quicker with that said it's not don't do Instagram it's you're going to have to continue to do Instagram regularly. Mm. But if you put a direct response message on Instagram, it, it's going to be very unlikely that people are going to engage with that. It, it has to be, I think, content and not just content. It has to be meaningful content. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree with, with what you said. Um, if you want to win in 2019 and, and beyond, it, it, it people are getting better at marketing. They're not getting worse. Mm. And the people who are using the same direct response copy AdWords that worked in, let's say, 2012, when there was only like a million advertisers on Facebook, it doesn't work when there are 60 million advertisers on Facebook. So there are more advertisers than ever. Ad spend's you know, going to get higher. It's only going to increase. Mm -hmm. So that means that if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, um, you're going to spend a lot of money with no return, which is going to mean that you're going to be out of the game. And it's almost one of those things now like with Facebook spend and Google spend and all this kind of stuff. It, it is a little bit like investing because, you know, I don't, the way we do it is more of an Apple approach. Um, I don't look at it like our ad spend as like, you know, I need to get, I put a dollar in, I need to get a dollar out. Like I've got a budget every month that I'm allowed to spend on marketing. And basically like my brother now who runs all about, runs the business basically, um, you know, he, he makes sure like, and I go over the budget, usually I go well under um, and I can do whatever the fuck I want with this right. money if I think it's going to work. So for me, I allocate a huge portion of that just to make good content in terms of like videos, podcasts, all these kind of stuff, um, rather than just let's do a direct response marketing and kind of milk our list. I'd rather build trust, authority, um, and an audience. At the end of the day, that's that's what I'm, I'm more concerned about is what is the audience and is the audience listening and I'm, am, I, am I giving the audience what they want? And it doesn't have to be a huge audience. You know, really, you know, for a personal training studio to do well, they need what a hundred, two hundred, you know, yeah. clients, uh, clients who 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 dig dig your stuff, and it's that thousand thousand people principle that you really only need, you know, the minimum viable audience. You know, for most things, is about a thousand people. Um, you know, and if it's you've got an audience much. of people who are highly engaged, a thousand people who are ready to listen to you, ready to engage, then that that that's that's the game. You know, they're, they're the well, people really who cool. you're gonna 
uh, monetize yeah. and it's about making content from them rather than you know have a list of say a hundred thousand people and you're selling say ten dollars item you know it's a lot harder to make money with a hundred thousand people selling ten bucks rather than a, a thousand or a hundred people who are highly engaged mm. um, you know and ready to buy your stuff ready to listen to you um, you know I sold Wolfpack out with a list of a hundred people who opted in and you know I made some pretty good money off that mm. um, so it's it's there's only a hundred people who opted in. It's nothing, mm. you know. It's it's not a huge list, but they were a hundred people who were waiting for me to do a mentoring program. And when yeah. I did, they were already engaged and wanted to buy from me. So I think that really is where we're moving towards more and Cre- more. Creating that audience. I like that with um Tommy how has a budget. You do what the hell. So cocaine and hookers if you if you don't uh, spend anything, all the money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I reckon you uh, that's my advice to C D M under the bar, cocaine and hookers yeah, if there's yeah, any money left yeah. over. Um, tell me, uh, Mark, before we wrap up the, that point in regards to social media and the direction you think it's heading and you're in agreement with Tommy, that more ethical approach, is it um, because uh, Clint was explaining, you know, having a bit of authenticity in something like, yes, lots of content, but also reflecting a little bit of yourself in, in your posts and your engagement on social media. Do you, do you feel there's merit in that as well to add to that, uh, I guess, authenticity and that um, maybe ethical type uh, uh, use of social media yeah absolutely um, absolutely I think people want to see the story they want to hear the story and uh, you know it's the narrative over time you know yeah. and there's things like I've tried a bunch of different approaches and, and the truth is you know I'd rather outsource it to someone do it for me because you know I don't I don't necessarily want to be on Instagram every day but uh, to do business in 2019 I think it's getting more and more a necessary evil and and to I suppose outsource that successfully is going to get harder and harder um, in terms of the authenticity of what mm. you're talking about but I mean look there there are numerous different approaches that, that I teach of, of how to do it in a time efficient way and, and one of the ways I, I really like to do it is is with video, you know, so you're spending, mm. let's say, a day, bump out some content, then you, you know, you get a VA or whoever it is to then schedule that content, write the posts and, and basically put it out and make sure that you've got, and especially it's, it's even more important when you do get very busy, like with me, I am, there's always lots to do, um, you know, sometimes I just forget to, to put it up, but I've got a mm. schedule now that we've got all our content, you know, my uh, marketing girl, she, she knows when to put it up and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So there's always content coming out. But essentially, and that's with my personal page, then enterprise is kind of a different kettle of fish again. But it's, it's, um, it's very true. Like you need to be authentic. Um, I always quote uh, Eugene Teo, uh, you know, as an example. I remember when he was on Facebook posting, you know, 2,000-word articles getting 10 likes mm. you know and now he does a video and he'll get you know, yeah. 10,000 likes Crazy, yeah. um, but I, I remember when he started and um, I thought you know this is really good content and no one's really engaging with it but he just stayed in the game and, and yeah. kept doing it and, and was very dedicated to that and, and people ultimately there was a people started to, to take notice and stick so I think you know um, if you look at those kind of uh, people on, on, say, Instagram and that kind of stuff, it's it's a matter of staying in the game and, and keeping it regular and actually providing and listening to the audience and providing mm. the audience with actually what they want and, and being very genuine about it. And that also does mean that you're not going to please everyone and you're going to piss people off. And that's also part of the game, but sometimes mm. hard to understand as people because you know it's kind of like people are calling you out, confronting you, but at the same time, because you said that, you're actually getting the right 
market. So you have mm. to be, there has to be a certain willingness, I suppose, to, to piss people off or, or be disagreeable at, at a large level yeah. uh, and not take it personally and see it as a game, which is sometimes easier said than done. But I yeah. think, you know, they're general rules for, for social media. That's really good, Mark. With, um, for the listener out there who might be seeing anything, you know, it's all good for Maximus Mark to tell me this. He's got a vir- virtual assistant and he's got a team that can knock yeah. out the videos. 21 and staff. Have where does someone, just one-on-one PT, who's looking to expand and, and scale, how would you suggest they sit down and, and figure out their strategy for managing these platforms and getting started in the social, social media. space? Yeah. Uh, well, honestly, it's, it's first of all, uh, assessment of where you're at. Uh, I'm going to assume in this, in this scenario is you're at a big box gym paying rent. As I say to all of my students and everyone who comes to see me for, for a consult, it's, you know, what, what's the low-hanging fruit? And to me, the low-hanging fruit is don't get on Facebook. The low-hanging fruit are the people in front of you. Yeah. So if I was at a Good. fitness first right now, I would be walking the floor like an absolute demon. I'd be, you know, booking in 10 people every day yeah. for introductory sessions, doing a fantastic service, being so good that maybe they weren't even thinking about personal training but they met me and now they're like fuck i don't know how i'm going to afford it but i need to train with this guy because he's that good um so i would be walking the floor like a demon i'd be going to courses be upskilling understanding the game of business being committed as a student learning how to package learning how to sell uh, um yeah structuring your service because that's when you're going to get the biggest return but i would look where the opportunity is the thing is with Facebook and Instagram is you are up against everyone and yeah. usually they're going to like if you're not experienced in it and you don't have a budget that people are going to do it better than you. So, you know, you got to go in your local area and I think too many trainers are focusing too much on the global market and being online trainer and you know, mm-hmm. hashtag killing it. But, you know, the truth is when I really made uh, leeway in my business was I focused 100% on the client in front of me and I really mean that I'm in it to the point where I got rid of all my online programs completely did away with them and said I'm just going to be an online coach uh, face-to-face coach and that's that's when really for me I started to move the needle and things started to progress and that's when I started to become a lot more profitable make a lot more money um, was when I'm and that was me as a solo trainer it wasn't you know I didn't have staff at that point and that's actually what led me to bringing on staff because I was so good at the face-to-face that I had too many inquiries and I wasn't, you know, spending money on ads or any of these kind of things. It was just um, people wanted to train with me and I didn't have enough time. So I started, you know, I hired Reese and a few others to, to take on those clients. So, yeah, I, 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 my advice is be as good as you possibly can and, and be committed to being better every single day mm-hmm. and doesn't matter how good you are you, you can always get better because that is your product uh, and then being committed to the business side of things but looking for the opportunities in front of you forgetting about the noisy marketplace of instagram and facebook and trying to have a hundred thousand followers like forget that um if you chase success you will surely have none uh if you if you chase to be a person of value that's when success, money, fame, all those things will start to follow you and chase you. So uh, my advice is, is be of value to as many people as possible, um, but start with your local area. And then as you get better, it, it, you know, things get, get a mentor, get someone who can help you and guide you and not make the same mistakes that let's say I made um, so you can do it faster. I think that's probably the, the advice I would give. That's, uh, that's sound advice, and it's, mm. again, it's refreshing to hear. Very that, refreshing. Uh, hey, you don't have to be super savvy on social media. You can have something really, really basic uh, if you wanted or not at all, like yourself, Tommy. Mm. And, um, yeah, that I mean, that 
pretty much is word for word what I did when I started at Fitness First. It was like, okay, what can I do to be different? Well, I'm going to be here from start to finish. I'm going to be waiting at the front door. I'm going to recognize when someone comes in that doesn't normally come in because I know all the regulars. I see them every day. And it was it was quite funny in that, because this just fits in with what you're describing, uh, Mark, and, and you know to the point that I had to stop telling others how many sessions I had because they, everyone was getting shitty that I was you know had all these sessions within you know four to six weeks and breaking all the records of, of a PT. But the reality was you know I would uh, see someone come in and I would hit them up literally they'd sign in and I would hit them up before they got to the first set of stairs and then the other coaches would meander over hey you know my first time in the club oh no that guy down there he's already got a comp session with me so I was sort of you know, hated to a degree, but hey, I was the one who was there all the time and just mm. like uh, exactly what Mark said. It was just, well, they're right in front of me. I'll go up to them and uh, talk to them and uh, introduce myself and, and let them know what I can actually do and comp sessions and that type of stuff, like Mark said, was exactly what I did. So well, it was nice just, to in line with the big, just, the big fella. Just on that, I, I just think, you know, in the world of digital marketing in, in today's day and age is, is people actually are craving that's what they're craving is that personal connection, not that, you know, reach yeah. out to me digitally. Like, you know, this guy said hello to me. Wow. Mm. Like it's almost novel mm. uh, in today's day and age that someone said hello to you and greeted you and corrected your exercise inside of the gym. So yeah. it's, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And, it's fundamental, but it's huge. And also without necessarily like it wouldn't necessarily be trying to get a session out of them. It was just me helping as many people no. as possible. Mm. And then it would mm. just be organically. They'd all want to work, uh, train with me. So I think that's the other thing too, is not to be too, uh, hasty with uh, you know trying to get them on board and just just be a like you said a decent person and help people and you know don't uh, hustle you know quite so much to be successful just be good at your craft you might not know yes. a lot but you can be anyone can be really courteous and personal and and treat people with respect and I think that's uh, often forgotten in the the world of social media these days absolutely yeah. ten minutes or so to go Mark you mentioned earlier in there something about your your clients the Wolfpack people coming away with a 90-day plan that they mm. they go and execute yeah. what's the significance behind the 90-day plan why do you like that and if there is people out there listening and they're all pumped up about the grassroots let's get back in and get this going how would they go about setting their own 90-day plan up yeah so it has to be measurable has to be objective uh like if someone says oh i'll get more clients then that's not an acceptable answer how many Too vague. how many Too vague. yeah how, how many how many people are you currently seeing like per week how many leads do you get in how many people are you planning to see per per day per week out of that, what is approximately your conversion rate or what do you think your conversion rate will be? So and then let's formulaically look at is that goal realistic? So uh, let's just say, for example, average trainer at Fitness First, I mean, they can easily speak to 10 clients a day. Out of 10 clients yep. a day, let's just say worst case scenario, they book in five for an introductory session. Out of those five, let's just say worst case scenario, two people join, right? And if you're good, you probably get a lot more than that, right? So two people join. So you can have two people who, who join your program a, a day, right? Um, and let's say on average, that's twice a week. So now you've added uh, four sessions a week to your book. So then it's a case of, right, how many sessions do you want? How many people do you need to sit down with? So if it's, if it's a five-day cycle, you're going to see you know 50 people. Um, out of those 50 people, you're going to have 25 introductions introductory sessions you know out of those 25 introductory sessions let's just say you know it's, it's approximately 10 who sign up so out of those 10 there's 20 sessions so it's it's just basically uh putting actions that mm. these are the actions this is the goal and now as the goal these are the actions that are going to support the goal and working backwards but what i see too many times is people um 
they set goals like I want more money or I want more sessions. But again, it's too vague. It's how much more money? How much more sessions? Mm. You want to increase your rates. Okay, well, let's start making action because the big thing that a lot of people come see me with, they, they want to increase their sessions. How do I let my, my clients know? You know, and I, I help them with a letter. I've got some letter templates that I use. Yeah. Um, and basically, we divide the, the clients into, let's say, you know, the ones I want to keep, the ones I want to get rid of, the ones I want to delegate. And um, so basically that you have three different types of letters and you might have some people that you bring in, at, you know, you're committed to this rate and you're going to let everyone go or you want to get rid of this client or, you know, you don't want to actually, you know, you, you want to help this client a little bit you, in terms of like you might not give them uh, the full rate. So let's say your new rate's 100 and your current rate's 70, you might meet them halfway at let's say 85, 90 if they pay up front in a different type of payment package to, to value their, let's say, five years of, of loyalty to yep. you right so you can have those executive decisions as well so it's it's just really like what is the biggest issue for you right now and then helping them coach through i like 90 days because 90 day cycles in, in business is a short enough time frame but a long enough time frame to actually move the needle um you can accomplish quite a bit and usually it's only uh, i like to work with only three things so what are your next three objectives and then structuring your next 90 days that you hit those three things and um you know, it should good. be the the twenty percent that moves the eighty percent, not the twenty. You know, the eighty percent that moves only twenty percent, if that makes sense. And you know, the example I usually give on this is a lot of people focus online, and um, you know, that really only gives them twenty percent of the result. And I can say that personally because for me, when I was just had my online business, the Alpha Body and Truth About Supplements, it was really only responsible for twenty percent of my my income, or even less. Mm. And when I got rid of all that and just focused online and doubled down on what was actually bringing me the the result that's when I move the needle a lot more. So yeah, that, that's why the 90 days, um, because it's a, it's a good time frame to work in, but helping the students just set very clear and objective uh, parameters around what they're actually trying to achieve. Awesome. And right? I, think, I think 90 days also, that's, it's, it's long enough to actually it be realistic. Like you can actually do something mm. in three months. Yeah. Like if it's like, I want something in the next two weeks. I want it. Hold on. Like let's just mm. give it ninety days. Let's have these small bite-sized chunks. Make a few mistakes and you know and course correct and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really clarify. What, so you know, if you, if you want to have hookers and cocaine, how much cocaine? Yeah. What type of hooker? Is it <laughs> yeah. Asian? Yeah. Do you have yellow, yellow fever that month, or you want something exotic, <laughs> European, Russian? Maybe <laughs> you got to create a list and double check it, Tom. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's uh, that's a very uh, valid point you made there, Mark. Very good. <laughs> So, all right, Tommy, we've got a ton of uh, general uh, guidelines for, for Mark's philosophies on um, PT, personal training, and a really heavy emphasis on making it personal again. And mm. I really like good. that he's, he's shying away from acknowledging online has its place, but he thinks that... Uh, and and interesting that this is this was Clint's philosophy as well. He's big on the he's still on the tools himself, and mm. uh, will still put put clientele on face to face. And he definitely it resonates value for him as well, being a, a personal trainer. And I think that's something that that both of you have in common. The, if you were to watch these guys from the outside looking in, it's a it's a skill set that can work with all sorts of uh, clientele face to face, and that real personal touch, which um, which is really it's, good. It's good, yes. So where do we go from here, Tommy? Will we sort of give out, if anyone is interested in the Wolfpack, will we sort of yeah. plug that a little for Mark? And Okay, Mark, let's, uh, let's start wrapping things up. Absolute pleasure having you on today. Uh, what else is coming up? Maybe give us a, when's the next Wolfpack kickoff? Uh, if anyone's listening and they're interested in that and they want to contact you, let's, let's cover all that stuff now. Mm. 
Well, yeah, uh, thank you, uh, Rods and Tommy. Well, firstly, I mean, thank you for, for having me on. It, it's been a pleasure, and thanks for all the questions. And, yeah, it's, it's been great. So when you guys are in Melbourne, you have to uh, come into the Wolf Stand, and we'll do one yeah, man. For, for YouTube. Um, so where where is Wolfpack? All right, so Wolfpack can be found at personaltrainermentoring.com. Um, I'm actually in the process of redesigning that website, and Wolfpack will still exist, but I'm actually launching a new brand. Brand, which is uh, personaltrainermentoring.com. So that's going to be the, the, the place. Awesome. Um, Wolfpack is an annual program. Uh, there is intake pretty much, you know, in, intakes, it's a rolling intake. Um, and I do offer kind of like a, a Wolf Cub membership so people can get a, a taste of, of what we do. And usually once people have a taste of it, then they're, they're hooked and, and they need to know more because it's, it's a no-brainer. So I've got now, we, we've been running for four years. Mm-hmm. I've filmed pretty much every piece of content we've ever, ever put out. Um, which means that there's four years of content and going uh, and all of the guest speakers. So like from uh, Andrew Locke to Tony Doherty to Eugene Teo, who I mentioned mm. before, Sebastian Oreb, um, Dwayne Alley, like uh, Bob Gill I had as yep. well. So every seminar I usually bring in a, a different guest. So we film their presentations as well. Make it So it's kind of like now the Netflix for personal trainers. There's a heap of templates mm. on there. We do group calls. We do, if you're in Melbourne, a monthly meetup. Uh, we've got e-classes that run for 52 weeks so that people can you know, uh, do a class. But more interesting uh, now is I've actually, I'm putting together some online programs. Mm-hmm. And the first one is going to be Sales Mastery, which should, I'm hoping that's going to be launched in August. But if folks just go to say personal training, trainermentoring.com, personaltrainermentoring.com, they hit that website, they'll get all the details there. It is still being updated. So that's probably the best place to leave the awesome. details. Um, and yeah, so and, that's where all the good stuff is. And what about for you? Uh, I mean, that all sounds business wise. What, um, what about enterprise? What's happening there? Obviously, the PT still cranking away with an awesome team there. Well, what's the vision for that? Did I hear whispers? Yeah, of- yeah. so I, I made a decision to get off the tools in 2018, last year, uh, when my second son was born. And um, so I made a decision that I wasn't, I just wasn't going to coach any, anymore. Um, there was just too many things on my plate and I, I had to make a decision. I really felt at that time that, you know, with Wolfpack growing the way it is and enterprise that I needed to, um, you know, basically focus, uh, get my units of energy back and just focus yeah. down. So, um, yeah, enterprise is going great guns. I brought my brother on. He now manages it. Uh, we've got a team of 12 coaches. Uh, we are looking for a bigger premise. Uh, you know, now awesome. you know, we, our record is, what, 360 sessions in one week. So awesome. they're all our sessions. So we're, we're, we're pumping it out. And, you know, it is a, is a relatively – uh, it's not a huge space. I think we're half the size of, of yeah. you guys back in the day. Yeah. Um, you, know, you make use of the space reach. well, though. You make it uh, Yeah, it's very, very well. Very efficient and effective, just the way I like to be. Um, so, yeah, like Enterprise is going from strength to strength. We're putting out heaps of content. People mm. are interested in that. You know, it's melbournepersonaltrainers.com. You can, you can check it out. Uh, still keep, you know, the local shows in that. We'll still keep dominating. We'll keep Reese and Liam on their toes constantly. Yeah. So the t- team's really good now. We've got... Um, the, basically restructured it all so we've got our mm. team leaders our program managers and we've got uh, i don't know if you're a wrestling fan but there's basically two teams there's the nwo and there's raw um mm. so <laughs> liam's liam's the team captain of raw mm. uh, and james is the team captain of, of uh nw no sorry other way around liam's the team captain of nwo and james oh, yeah. is the team captain of raw so yeah they go head to head and um right now we've got head to head of uh transformations so whoever awesome. gets the ma- most transformations which team in the next eight months or, or so we finish we close it in october but it's been about no sorry six months so um yeah that's 
it's well, always fun. And we've got the big WWE belt, so the winning tickets to <laughs> WWE belt as well. So just, yeah, fun. Awesome. It sounds like uh, it would be a pretty cool place to, so for anyone that's interested out there, when you do put the feelers out for new coaches, maybe, uh, you know, if you feel you're worthy of the Enterprise team, give the uh, Mark and the guys a call there because um, yeah, I can speak confidently. It's a, it's a pretty cool team down there. Now, um, before you go, Mark, are we going to see a um, any sort of fancy car, you know, any videos with you in a... And a silver Rolls Royce or anything like that rocking up? Uh, is that on the cards? I don't understand. Am I missing a reference here? <laughs> no, well, let's just say that, uh, you know, some people do uh, <clears throat> own, uh, well, appear to own, uh, well, appear to be on, the, you know, the silver Rolls Royces and it looks very, uh, very fancy. Nah, shall we say. The thing well, you got the Ferrari dealership I, I, opposite. I've, I've, got, I've got the toys. Like, I've got a nice car, you know, I've got all that stuff. <laughs> it's all, it's all like, well, you, you got know, the Ferrari dealership. Me, I don't know. Opposite across it's, the road. It's not. Yeah, we, we are opposite Ferrari in that. But, you know, I don't, I don't really care much for the toys, to be to be frank with you. I mean, they're nice. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> he's, he's, but at, at the end of the day, like, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm, I'm a personal trainer. Mm. Um, I'm here to make a difference in the world. So toys are good. But I think what's better for me is um, delighting my customers and, Absolutely. you know, really pushing the level of what it is for me and creating, like, what I love doing every day is getting up and creating customer experiences um and and that's that's what i get the most fulfillment and enjoyment out of doing and you know whether it's enterprise or personal training mentoring.com or wolfpack um you know my goal always is how can i create an experience for someone where they go holy fuck i did not (laughs) expect it would be this good and you know and and for me the measure of that is how far people are willing to travel we've had now over 10 different countries travel for for um courses and now and the other thing is like how much are people willing to spend so like for me yeah look there is a there's a monetary component for it but more so for my own internal validation of like this is actually like this is a good idea and Mm. if and also like my ideas always usually cost money like it's not cheap bringing mm. out guest speakers mm. um or it's not cheap doing half the stuff that i like like you know filming every single yeah. event or, or you know making sure the course material and everything is presented perfectly but that's how i like to roll like i, I i'm always developing that so yeah. I've, I've you know i don't know how many wolfpack presentations i've done but almost every single presentation i rewrite every single time i do yeah. because that's just in my nature like i'm not evolving happy with yeah always so yeah. you know just on that i think for me um and if you love what you do, um, sometimes it drives you nuts. Like it drives me nuts because mm. like I know there's nothing wrong with my other presentations, but mm. like an, almost like an artist, I can't do it again. Absolutely. Because I know I've gotten better and I have to do it another time because mm. it's an expression of me. And I just, I just love, I love seeing the uh, look on people's faces when they come in and it's like, I didn't expect it would be that good, but this yeah. blew me away. That for me is, is how I get paid. So, yeah. it, but obviously yeah. I get paid with money, but you know, in terms of, personal success that for me is, is a big thing absolutely and you, and you and you certainly are good at that mate you've been doing it well for a while now you know i'd just like to see a red ferrari or something out the front that's all but <laughs> I, i'm going to keep hustling uh, until you get that Ferrari. he's working me. on the intrinsic part of the wheel yes intrinsic. intrinsic intrinsic that's all right <laughs> very good all right mark yeah. in, in, all right. thanks thank so much you gentlemen for, for thank you very on. much it's been an absolute pleasure it's been a great chat mate thank you for your time no i talk to Anytime. you soon all right well, cheers done. guys see you bye bye Well, there he was, Rawdon. Charismatic. Can I? Constant and never-ending improvement. Mm. I, I think mm. that's a moniker that we need to adopt <laughs> on the uh, Under the Bar podcast. 
I love the concept of his 90-day plan. Yep. I like the mantra. I like that mantra that he had. I'm a healthy person who eats healthy foods to build and nourish my body. <laughs> Doesn't get you more know? simple than that. You get I think your client great. to say that to you and write it down mm. and then they... And know. then if you don't, you poke them in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give them an eye gouge. But yeah, so, I always make time for Mark whenever I'm uh, down in Melbourne. I, I always try and pop in and see the gang down there. Really good crew he's got. Really slick operation. Uh, so yeah, that was awesome to actually finally, 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 long overdue get him on the podcast. Get him on the podcast. On the so that was great. Uh, all right, Rawdon. Well, that's pretty much it for us. Events.teamevilgsp.com for tickets to the Sydney live yep. stream. Uh, it'd be great to have some people in there. And, and we're also doing, in. I think that you can probably find, we're doing Tassie and uh, Melbourne yep, as well. Yeah, tickets for Tasmania and Melbourne. Yep, yep, that's all there. It's all, it's all there on the, on the uh, well, on that it's website. all there. Okay, it's all there. That's it. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We uh, appreciate having the Under the Bar listener as part of the collective conscious of yes. Under the Bar. Touch of the coronas. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> we didn't talk about it. Cheers. Let's shake hands and kiss. Yeah. <laughs>